Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you today. <clears throat> we got Brooke Lewis Bellis coming on, and she's doing some great things out there. She's an actress, and she's making her mark out there. And we're excited to hear parts of her story and talk about some projects she's doing and just see where this goes. So, Brooke, are you here? I am so here. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you, Chris and Sandy, for having me. I got to tell you, I'm excited to be with you guys. This is such a cool, different, unique experience for me. First of all, mm. I have to say this to you, and I do my due diligence. Happy anniversary to your show. Ah, well, thank you. Yeah, we just called You're that welcome. one year mark. Yes, you did. <clears throat> this is wonderful, wonderful news. And I was so excited when I got invited. And listen, I do my due diligence before saying yes. That my cats PR, they're good, and they <laughs> come up with a lot of offers for me. And I always do my due diligence. And I'm so excited. I'm I'm a country fan. I know I'm such a city girl, but I'm such a country <laughs> fan. And I mean, you had you guys had Randy Travis on your show. Yeah. Yeah. We we, yeah. we still can't believe that. <laughs> And we can't believe that, but we did, right? And it's funny because it started. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because the funny thing is, the whole show started as a country music um, interview show with up and coming country artists, and it just kept growing and growing. And then next thing I know, we added um, actors and authors on, and all of a sudden, now we're an entertainment Mm -hmm. show. I love it. Uh, where are you guys located? That's the one thing I couldn't figure out. Where exactly do you live? Where are yes. you located? Savannah, Georgia. Yes. In Georgia? Georgia. Okay. So the, oh, beautiful. I have friends down there. I have actor friends down there. And ah. I've been to Atlanta, obviously, many, many times and all around the area. It's so beautiful where you are. Yeah, I've been here. You know, I'm 49 now, and I've been here since age 14. So this is pretty – before that, my dad was military. So this is pretty much home <laughs> until – I we're love moving it. to Florida next. We're moving to Florida later this year, though. So, what what part? Probably Jacksonville. Very nice. Okay, good for <laughs> you. Well, I'm excited, and I'm a country fan. All the all the listeners right now. I mean, I have to be honest. Like, I'm such a city chick. You know, funny <laughs> shout out to. I, I had a meeting for a new film project with one of my best mm-hmm. best actor friends in Texas. His name is Parrish yeah. Randall. He's in Grosbeck, Texas, right? A little town outside of Dallas. So I had a meeting with him, a phone, obviously virtual and stuff last night, but I only bring mm-hmm. it up because he's so fun. So he is hardcore cowboy, you know, Texas uh. guy. And we've worked together. We've been best friends and he's, he stars in a lot of horror films and we've been friends for, you know, 13 years. And he always, he makes fun of me. He's like, he calls me, he's got, you know, I can't <laughs> do a Southern accent very well, you know? And he's like, my Brooklyn, my Brooklyn. And he's like, makes fun of my you know new york new jersey philadelphia accent yeah. and it's great and we have like the best rapport so anyway i'm just such a country fan i love but i'm i'm guilty i have to admit it like i'm more pop country you know like i love uh, i mean garth brooks to me one of my yeah. favorite songs ever ever well, we, we, recently, well, we recently had lee bryce on we no. did uh, how about luke bryan you have luke bryan on yet haven't been able to get <laughs> that level where we're working on that you got to get him on. <laughs> yeah. And we did get Cassidy Pope on. Yes. Oh, no way. Uh-oh, then you know who's coming next, Blake Shelton. <laughs> that's my who, that's Blake. one of my – Blake Shelton's one of my dream ones. And, and, and one of the newer ones – and I'll be honest, one of the newer ones that we're trying to get 
um, that I that's kind of a dream one is Gabby Barrett. See, I know my I know my pop country, you guys. I know my pop country. <laughs> yes, she's amazing. She's so young, so talented. And I and I know her dad and her sister. So it's funny, you know. I thought, you know what, we would have no problem getting her on the show, but I forget, you know. I learned really quick once you get signed to a label, especially a big label, family don't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get one of those. Yeah, we'll, well, get the, well those. In, in her defense, yeah, that's a good segue over to Hollywood. In her def- in their defense, I have to say uh-huh. this. Even me, you know, at a at a, I joke with my publicist. They they get mad at me. I go, I'm a humble sealer celebrity. But you know, honestly, and I want to say this, you know, and I speak the truth. I speak from my heart. You already get my personality, like. You know, there's only so much time in a day, and that's yeah. the challenge. You know, yeah, and exactly. even at my level, like I say this mm-hmm. to all my, I'm I'm so grateful and blessed to have the fan base I've had for 20 years as an actress. And but mm-hmm. let me say this, like even today, and I just said to my husband, I'm going crazy. Like I wake up, I woke up today, <laughs> and I really want my fans and listeners and your listeners to hear this. Like I woke up today. And I made a post on Instagram and Mm -hmm. I received literally, I received about, I'm not exaggerating, like 80 private messages a day. That's outside of the public comments. So you hear what I'm saying? 80 private messages a day wanting to talk, asking for my advice, asking me to send autographed pictures. And so think about that. Like there is only, I, I get so honestly, I get stressed. I get anxious. It's like, there's only so much time in a day to do what we need to do. And so for people that are like mega stars, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine. Can't I imagine. don't think I could even handle that. Yeah. Because I can <laughs> handle it now. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we learned that too recently. Like, um, see, back in 2014, we interviewed Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was. And Whoa. one of the PR companies that we've been working with, um, they they reached out to Kelsey because they was trying to do a press release for us, and they wanted to get a big artist on. And since we interviewed her in the past, even though we, even though that was back when she was a lot smaller, um, they thought, well, maybe we could get her on. And they said that they would love to have her on one day, but they said right now they have to turn down big shows. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so I was yes, like, okay, that, that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> Yes, it is the absolute truth. Look, even again, you know, I know I get, again, part of the DMs and private messages every day on Twitter and Instagram and the fan page on Facebook for me even is, Brooke, mm-hmm. will you come on our show? Will you come on our podcast? And I have to say, you have to, I have to refer you to my publicist or I, I, yeah. I, I you know, I'll, I'll do publicly even on the feeds. I'm like, reach out to Cat PR because there's, I can't do everything. It's like I'm one person, yeah. you know, and <laughs> that's the misconception that we just have. Everyone has so much time in the world, and it's what it looks like on the outside, but that's not the truth, you know. We love Cats PR. I mean, they've been good to us. <laughs> Aw, I love them too. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> and they're good, and they, and they protect their clients, and they do their due diligence. So, you know, I knew, and then and then forget it, segueing back over to Hollywood, as soon as I saw Ed Asner, who, you know, blessed that man. For and it's funny how Ed. I got him. You know, it's, you know, we reached out to his agent, 
and and because his, his agent was also Eric Braden's agent. Now, we were trying to get Eric Braden on, and um, mm-hmm. we and he says I probably can do that down the road, but I would love to get Ed Asner on. I said, like, oh, okay. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an icon. He's an icon here. Yeah, and he was fun. He was funny, I tell you. Yes, he is. <laughs> so as we get started, um, as you know, we've crazy time, as you know. So how has COVID affected you and what you do, and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that obstacle? You know, I love that question, and I think we could probably talk the whole interview about <laughs> yep. that. Um, it's, you know, and I know it's the topic, and, and you know, I want to handle it with grace and um, care because let me start by saying this, Chris, that, you know, my heart breaks. I sit here in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and the world knows that, that right now the spikes in COVID right after the, we're right in the new year, and it mm-hmm. is just tragic, and I have lost a lot of actor friends that I know and love um, personally. And each day, you know, I wake up and I read Hollywood Reporter and Variety. And the first way I start my day is by seeing the death count. And it's chilling me. I mean, just like it's, I'm very sensitive and it's breaking my heart day after day. And so I feel we all need to be incredibly respectful and mindful to that of that. And that's a priority for me. Um, That being said, I also deal with my own personal challenges. I deal and I don't Mm -hmm. talk about it a ton in the media, but I will say I have dealt with chronic autoimmune disease since I'm very young, like in college. And so that affects my personal, why I bring that up to share. And again, Mm -hmm. for the fans and what it sometimes looks like, and then there's the truth and reality for me, it hinders me to the nth degree as well, where I and my husband are incredibly self-isolating because of Mm -hmm. fear of getting sick and catching COVID. And so I have had to turn down and have actually, I want to say I've chosen because I feel there's power in your choices. I have chosen to turn pass on several independent films um, just for the mere fact that I know that I'm not ready to go onto a set with 50 film and crew and cast members and take that risk. So for me, it has changed the game tremendously. Now, I always believe in an, is segueing over an ending on positives. I have to say this, and sometimes I feel guilty <laughs> saying it, but, I mean, as insane as the last year has been, and 2020 was just insane, here's what I want to mm. say. I want to say that I am so incredibly fortunate and blessed that – I've taken off of acting primarily for two years to produce my wedding (laughs) almost two years ago now, Um, you know, a year and a half ago now. I then was very fortunate to, and I also believe we create our own destiny to a degree. I believe higher power, God, all of it. But Mm -hmm. I do believe that we have to be in action if we want to make things happen. And so we just pray and see where it goes from there, right? So I took off. I was so fortunate in the fall of of 2019 to have projects to jump into and a Mm. lot of them I did produce as well as act because for me to be able to yeah to be able to create the roles I want to create and play 
I have to produce them. You know, at my level, sometimes I'm not an A-list star. So when you're a B-list star, what have you, you know, sometimes you need to create your own work. So I was fortunate yeah. to have those type of offers. And I, I specifically address it in this way because I ended up producing or executive, executive producing and acting in several oh, wow. projects in the fall of 2019. So as you see the timeline, I was <laughs> so blessed to be able to have those that during COVID in 2020, where we would have been, I would have been either sitting at my desk or I would have been sitting next to my editors or my directors in the editing bay or in post-production. We were able to maneuver that during mm-hmm. COVID and pandemic and isolation and quarantine. So A, I had all these projects that I was working on 12 to 15 hours a day from my home office and we learn to get creative. We learn to get, wow. you know, crafty professionally, you know, virtually. And we diligently posted and, and I mean post production for all the filmmakers listening, all these projects last year up until now. I'm still in fact guys, I worked through the holidays. My poor husband was left with New Year's Day and you know where do, watching football by himself where I was at my desk doing post-production work and sitting and giving producer notes on several projects all through Christmas and New Year's. So I say that because we were able to do it. I also want to shout out, we can get into detail later, that I have to pat myself on the back. I was sort of a visionary before everybody was doing this during the full quarantine lockdown in March of 2020. And Mm. we had shot Mm -hmm. a proof of concept with my director and amazing talented creator, Joshua Butler, who is a very famous television director from the vampire diaries to secret circle to the magicians, the following Mm. you get the gist. And he and I had been in talks for a long time to create something together. We shot filmed a proof of concept in 2019 in October. So that's one of the projects. And then it sat, and we wanted to film it with this cast that we had assembled. And we couldn't because of quarantine in March of 2020. So, Joshua, I have an idea. Let's embellish this concept and let's film this virtually. He's like, how can we do it? How can we do it? You know, and I just had this vision and we got together and we did it. And we filmed an entire what we're calling a streaming podcast series, TV series. Oh, wow. We worked on through the entire spring of quarantine last year and we are now finishing post-production as I speak with you and it's titled Red Rooms and it is I we're going back to our roots in horror because it was probably (laughs) the easiest thing to do virtually right and to create the VFX Mm -hmm. and you know CGI effects that we could do from our home offices and make it work with horror star actors who we have relationships with, you know, and that Mm. is what we did Mm -hmm. and focused on. It's been surreal. So I want to say that, and I'm going to keep going. The other ways I stay creative, and I I just want to shout out to all this so the listeners know that when there's a will, there's a way. And I was blessed. Yep. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate to be invited by one of my best girlfriends, but she is a badass. Uh, Denise, she's, she's down in Florida now, Denise Gossett, who owns and directs Shriekfest Film Festival. So it was their 20th anniversary in 2020. She invited me to be a celebrity horror guest, to be a celebrity guest, oh, wow. and to be a judge for Shriekfest 2020. So congratulations. So I was also sitting at my home office desk on the monitor watching and judging and voting on 
a million amazing horror, sci-fi, and thriller films throughout the pandemic. And last but not least, I was also, and this is the creative part, and then I did a ton of charity work we could talk about later, but one other really cool opportunity I had, I got invited by the Emmys, the New York Emmys, to be a, yes, to be a 2020 judge for the New York Emmys. So I was also sitting at my desk and monitor my office, voting on and judging the Emmy nominations for 2020. So that being said, they're all my creative endeavors. And then obviously I was doing a lot more, like, again, I'm very into philanthropy and charity and giving back, but to address your question, <laughs> that is what I was doing nonstop, yeah. busy as can be all through the pandemic. And, and, you know, it's funny because even for us, like, I, you know, as you know, we launched January 3rd of 2020 with the show. And, you know, we thought if we just did 100 interviews our first year, we'd probably be ahead of the crowd. Yeah. I know there's not too many hosts that can say that they went from scratch to 100 interviews their first year. So I thought, hey, you know, 100, that was the goal. Then COVID happens. And I looked at Sandy and told Sandy, you know, there's a silver lining in here for us. Um, this could be our year to shine because all these people in the entertainment industry – are going to need a place to rant, to talk, to whatever. And we're going to give them that platform. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. Wow. Yep. Congratulations. And 100%, I think, the, when we look at the positives, and that is a huge win for you guys. Like, honestly, and it's true, I mean, respectfully, I have done a lot of interviews that, on on the on respectfully on their end like that I may not have chosen to do during the pandemic but I actually instead of being on a film set for 15 hours a day I had the time to take at lunch breaks while I was working production and blah 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 and you know be able to say yes to media that I wouldn't have had the time to do on the that's how we got all the big people exactly (laughs) that's right that's right and then on the flip side on my side and I I joke about this too I joke about it with my publicists and managers like we go oh my gosh I say oh my gosh I had props to CR. I had some of the best (laughs) interviews that I have had to the opportunity to do huge like you know entertainment magazine interviews and stuff that I was like, what is going on here? And you know what? We deduced, and I joke about it, but I go, you know what happened? All the A-list stars in Hollywood took off, went moved, went to Italy, went to Utah, went to their houses up in the woods in Tahoe, you know, and they just said, we're shutting it down. We're getting out of Dodge. We're, we're not in our TV series right now. We're going to go quarantine and sequester ourselves smart, you know, to do with our families, and they got out of Dodge. And so what happened <laughs> It opened up doors for me, you know, as a B-lister, right, to go to yep. have these opportunities where they're like, well, Jennifer Aniston's not available to interview with this magazine this week. So, <laughs> yeah, we totally want to talk to Brooke Lewis Bella, you know, and I joke about it, but it's the truth. So I'm blessed. So it's so great that you guys and I am able to be in gratitude. I believe I'm a big believer mm-hmm. in being in gratitude, mm-hmm. be in gratitude for the positive things that yep. came with all the tragedies and, the and now it's given us the, the clout we need you know now it's given us the clout we need to get bigger people yeah. because they they look through who we've had and they're like like um you know what's funny is and you got to be careful what you wish for i remember um because most of our um interviews now are video um except when the 
that when the PR company wants them to be audio, would do audio. But most of them are video. And I remember when we made that transition to video um, back in October, I was like, I wanted to have a big, big person come on. I wanted, I wanted to come out with a bang. And, well, our very first video interview ended up being Allie Brooke. Uh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was yeah, almost a mistake on my behalf. We're going through the – again, this was our first video interview. So there's going to be kinks. There's going to be a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and she got pushed out the system two or three times through the interview. But her gracious self kept logging right back in and – Finishing what, what where we and starting where we left off. I'm sitting there like, oh my god, yes. I, I should have done this with a few other people before I went big. Uh, <laughs> no, but here's why it works because she's a pro. She's a pro, and when you have a pro and an experienced professional mm-hmm. like like Allie Brooke, like myself, mm-hmm. you know, who's been doing. I've been. I mean, um, you know, how many? What have I done? Probably ten thousand interviews in my twenty year career. You know, <laughs> when you have a pro, they mm-hmm. handle it like a pro, and that's where it's actually beneficial for you. And and so you're a hundred percent right. Again, you know, again, I'm blessed to be in a place in my career where I get to choose a little bit now, you know, and mm-hmm. I look, I mm-hmm. look every time they're like, well, are you interested? You know, the PR company, a good PR company like mine will always ask you, are you interested first before they book you? And mm-hmm. I'll say no, yeah. you know, but I'm, tell- I'm, I'm honest. I saw Ed Asner. I saw <laughs> Randy <laughs> Travis and Allie Brooke and all that. I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some recent, and some recent ones. Yeah, who? Yeah, some recent ones that we had. Our little boy loves because um we we started saying you know what, let's go after some people that he likes uh, from his show. So we've we've brought on four mm-hmm. or five different Nickelodeon actors. We got two of them awesome. from Side Hustle, two of them from Side Hustle, one from um, All That, and another and then a, and Joshua from Blue's Clues. Oh, that's so cool. Blue Blues, all the little kids love. Well, that's yeah. so nice about your show. Yeah. You know, if, if, yeah, like you could deduce, like I can deduce just from looking at you guys, you look like such a happy couple. And it's like, you know, you could tell your show is family oriented, you know, that it's safe to have the family listen or watch. That's always been our plan from day um, one. Thank you. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts, and, you, and you know, we have a lot of young artists, you know, 14, 15, 16-year-old girls come on our show. And I want to make sure that when they come on, they don't feel like they're on those other podcasts. I've seen other podcasts flirt with the girls and all that, and I'm like, I don't want to be that show. Yes. No, we do. <laughs> I want to be yes. the safe place for people. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's and good. we feel like we've done a great job. I think that's a part of why we've grown so much. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> so, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of, like, a Brad Pitt, of, of Angelina Jolie, and some of the A-listers. But they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level. Now, I always want to talk about that side of it because nobody talks about this side of whether it's an acting, whether it's music. And I always want to dig deep into this side because I'm um, on the sacrifice side. Because I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us where I want this to go. Because this kind of goes along with acting. It's, this is a music-related one, but I think you'll be able to relate. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele <clears throat> from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time in music. And I'll never forget um, asking her – 
um, what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. And I'll never forget the answer she gave us. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if you can see yourself doing something else outside of this, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, <laughs> you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of your life from that moment forward. Your friends and relatives never understand. They invite you to cookouts, to weddings, to, <laughs> to weekends, to holidays. Uh, but you've got to say no because you're in that grind mode, especially at the beginning of your career. And, you can, and once you have a gig, you can't cancel it because you don't want to be that kind of um, artist or actor um, and all that. So she said that, you know, your nine-to-five friends, they don't get it um, because you're a 24-7. You know, if somebody calls you at midnight and say, you know, you need to be there at 5 a.m., guess what? You're going to be there at 5 a.m. <laughs> you know, then your family has to sacrifice. It's not just about you. They have to kind of give you up to the world because of um, the entertainment industry. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. I think that she said it with perfection. What the story you just shared, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't, I can relate more than anyone could ever imagine. And, you know, for me, I was very fortunate. I, so, so I was on my way to law school mm. when I was young yeah. and mm-hmm. very smart, great grades, Dean's list every year, all of it. And, you know, was destined, I think, and very uh, into rhetorical speaking. And I probably could have made millions as an attorney. Uh, probably I would have been a studio attorney somewhere in Hollywood. That being said, I yeah. had to follow my heart and like she says, and I've said that to young women many a times, um, if there is, if, if, yes, if there's anything else that inspires you, that excites you, that ignites that passion and mm-hmm. fire in you, go do it. Go do yeah. it because this is a grind. And so <laughs> for me, so I am 100%, I think, the really the extreme of what you shared. Like I always say, <laughs> my grandmother rest, rest in peace she used to say to me you know with her jersey philly accent like why are you going to hollywood we, we ain't got nepotism in our family you know and <laughs> there was no nepotism it's true there was no nepotism you know and I, I there was no nepotism in my family i did not marry into the industry although i had opportunities when i was young and so <laughs> i had to do it completely on my own Now, that being said, I moved right to New York out of college to pursue my dream and was very lucky. And let me tell you, I worked hard for it. I had six producer callbacks when I was, you know, 21 years old and getting getting to do an off-Broadway show, the mafia comedy, Tony and Tina's Wedding. I was Mm -hmm. signed right away after six auditions to producers under contract. It was like the equivalent to doing a TV series in Hollywood. And here I am right out of college. I'm like, this is shocking to my system, but I bought it. And I worked so hard for it. And so right away, what happens is I become a moneymaker. And that's the, that's the part that most artists don't understand. Like you're saying about the Mm -hmm. hobbyists versus the business. It is like they say, show Mm -hmm. business. So, this was an early, early learning lesson, all of it. I've had so many lessons in my career, and so I book it, and it's an equity contract under the Actors' Equity Association Union, and mm. I do this show seven shows a week for three years wow. straight. Now, here are the, here's the wow. positive. Instantly, I get 
a million agent offers coming to me. I'm young, <laughs> I'm cute, <laughs> you know, I'm fun, and I book this off-Broadway very reputable show, and here's why. It's not that I'm more talented than anyone else, because I'm not. It is that ching ching I'm suddenly, at, you know, making $1,000 a week, which is not a lot now, but 20-something years ago was a lot, you know, right out of college. <laughs> yeah and doors for me. So I become a commodity in the industry. So, um, mm. I mean, I, I signed with a top tier, I had offers like crazy time with two top tier agents. That being said, let me share the sacrifice because I think it's so important to the story you shared. Mm. And like she said, missing out, I was now doing seven shows a week at, at a very young age. Okay. And so I cannot explain how devastating it was when I was invited to be a bridesmaid in some of my dearest friends from high school or college wedding. And I had to say no because I couldn't partake like you shared in the, what, what it deserved to the honor of upholding that opportunity. I couldn't, I couldn't travel back to Philadelphia from New York, you know, to help the bride find a gown, Mm. to find a wedding gown. It doesn't work that way. I also want to share, I can't stress enough, albeit I had a lot of fun as a single woman for many, many years. I can't stress enough how many of my boyfriends at the time broke up with me because they would say, Brooke, and I understand it. I completely understand it. I I had a a wonderful boyfriend who said to me, Brooke, I just want, I I love your career. I love that you love your career. And I love that I'm (laughs) dating a Broadway and film actress, but I want, a girlfriend who can come with me to double date with my friends to dinner on a Saturday night. You cannot, which is why, you know, it it makes perfect sense why people in the industry date other people in the industry. And I then went, you know, consistently did that at a young age, you know what I mean? So we would have the normalcy quote unquote of I'd be doing a Broadway show. He'd be doing a Broadway show. And then we could connect at 1030 on a Saturday night and go for dinner and a drink, you know, and that's Uh kind of how it takes form. So oh, I wow. sacrificed a ton mm-hmm. and it was a choice. Listen, I chose yeah. I do not have my own biological children. I chose not to because mm-hmm. I was completely married to my career. Once I moved to Hollywood and started, you know, starring in a lot of indie film that became known in very known in genre films, horror sci-fi movies, I was traveling the world for many years by my wow. own choice. I sacrificed mm. marriage. I turned down proposals. I, I, I chose not to have children. I was traveling the world doing indie films. I was doing all the horror sci-fi pop culture conventions around the world, you know, appearing as a celebrity guest and meeting the fans. And it was wonderful. However, now, you know, it, in your 40s, you know, is it something I would choose now? No, I chose and yeah. I waited. Se- and it was a season of your life. To find Exactly, a long season. <laughs> but I waited until I was in my forty. To, yeah, to meet my now husband, who is the love of my life, and and I'm blessed that I knew that I needed to wait to to find my twin flame soulmate. You know everything, and see everything led to him. Exactly, and that's what I tell people. Like every road, exactly. You you hold out, you follow your dreams, you do what you need to do, and things will present itself in divine timing. And he did. And so now, you know, I've since we've been together, I've said no. I've said no <laughs> to a lot of appearances, a lot of travel, mm-hmm. a lot of films. That I'm like, you know, what? Just you know, with every choice, there's a consequence, and that's not a bad thing. And I say that all yeah. the time. So that's what I'm saying, and you're right, and she's right to quote her that, 
you know, with every choice, there's a consequence and life happens and we get to choose. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, had I chosen certain things differently, maybe I feel, I always say, had I chosen to stay in New York, I was, I was really doing well and making a nice living as an actress in New York. And all my friends migrated to Hollywood and every all the agents there, I was screen testing for sitcoms in LA, flying back and forth at a young age. And they were like, you know what, you need to go to Hollywood young, Brooke, get to Hollywood, go live there. And so I did. And I feel sometimes like, yeah, I feel like, you know what, I was up for a lot more big television in New York and stuff, and I feel like had I stayed there, maybe mm. I would have gotten to a hit TV series much younger. You know, I don't know, but I try yeah. not to live my life with the what-ifs yeah. and regrets. It's like, okay, like you said, you know, had I stayed in New York, maybe I never would have met my wonderful husband. You know, the past led to exactly where I am now and trials and tribulations. But yeah, it is a sacrifice. Listen, one other thing I want to say, because I think it's important for the artistic listeners mm-hmm. to hear. Listen, my career, because I'm not, this is what I want to share too. I was thinking of this when you first were telling your story and this is so relevant. So even at, you know, I'm, I'm much, I'm very into studying still at my age. Like yeah. I read a lot. I watch a lot of acting videos and I, I'm very, I'm a big fan of the SAG Astra conversations, which I have to shout out. I was fortunate to get yeah. to do with a film that's out now titled The Morning. And we were oh, wow. guests at SAG Astra a couple of years ago. Yeah, it was incredible. And now it's like A-list. That being said, I like to watch a lot of them to hear what other actors and agents and stuff have to say. I was just watching one yesterday on a break. Mm-hmm. And I want to share this because for all the people listening, so to your question and to sacrifice, they, again, enunciated how what 2% of actors, to mm-hmm. everyone, you heard them mm-hmm. say 2% of actors are making a reasonable living acting at all times. That means, and they stress this, 98% of actors. And it's probably less than that point, with musicians. Oh, probably. Yeah, I, that's right. You're right. <laughs> there's more actors in a film. That's right. 98% at any given moment. You know, yeah, you might do a TV series. You sock your money away. I do a film. I sock my money away. And then I might not yeah. do a film for six months, you know. So yeah. at any point in time, 98% of us is not making a living acting. And there is the truth. So what I want to say for the listeners to the artists that, look, there have been times I've, you know, I did the show. I made a lot of money when I was young. Then I did a sitcom on Fox for a couple episodes, some couplets, and then it got canceled. And so I would sock my money away. But there were many years during the ebbs and flows that I had to hold other jobs. I was, I had my own personal assistant company. I worked a job for 10 years on and off where I got up at 5 a.m. and sold Italian hair products. Okay, yeah. listeners. So, and then I, I would go early in the day, make my money, leave so I could act and produce. So this is, there are, yes, it's a sacrifice and it is a struggle and a challenge. And at my age, I wake up every day laughing and I go, gosh, well, I wake up tomorrow. I pray I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll hate this business and I'll hate acting and I'll (laughs) go be a publicist because I, you know, like, like, but it never happens and it never will. And that's my soul. My soul needs to act. The world is Mm -hmm. different now. My industry is so incredibly different now. And so we Mm -hmm. have to adapt. We have to deal with the ebbs and flows, especially now during COVID and pandemic. But even outside of this, it is so different now. And now, Mm -hmm. look, Mm -hmm. we know this. Anyone 
can go be a star. Anyone can be a TikTok star. It drives me bananas, and I wish it wouldn't happen. <laughs> but anyone can go be a TikTok star, right? So especially for the young people yeah. listening. So we just have to, and it's something just to get a little deep real quickly, I have really worked on with my coaches, my healers, and myself, and my meditations. Mm -hmm. I know I sound woo-woo Hollywood, but like, you know, during the pandemic, it's given me time to sort of reevaluate and to go, what do I want my life and my career to look like when Mm -hmm. the pandemic does end and we step into a healed world? And I know it's not going to look like it did when I was 22. And it's not even going to look like it did when I was 32. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, Woman, mm-hmm. I want to play grown woman parts. I'm trying to create that for yeah. myself. But also, you know, I don't need my ego to be fed like I did when I was mm-hmm. young. And you hear me, listeners, mm-hmm. it's not about ego. It's not about how many followers. And I have a ton of followers on Instagram. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I'm blessed. I love my fans more than anything. They have been loyal to me to a fault, following me from genre to genre for over 20 years. And I am so grateful. Oh, wow. But it doesn't, it doesn't make me who I am. You don't yeah. need listeners. You don't need to be verified to, to have value. You don't need to mm-hmm. be the most popular or beautiful to, to be good or beautiful inside. So I really mm-hmm. stress that. And I know if I'm going to get on a hit TV series again next year, I know that I've got some great streaming projects that are coming out and I'm super excited, but I just don't know where the world will take me every day. Now I just pray that my loved ones and I will survive all of this and then let's, let's do what we love and what inspires mm-hmm. us and what inspires others. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. speaking of like, even for our show, mm-hmm. um, you know, the show don't make money yet. You know, we're still new. And so we probably put in 40, 50 hours a week between certainly appointments, wow. uh, um, mm-hmm. doing the show, preparing for everything, and so, and with, and it don't make money yet. So in the evenings, we deliver food so that we can stay afloat. Yes. While while we build this brand, and something, and there are times like you were saying, there are times where I'm like, is this ever going to go to that next level? You know, like I'm not, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not like saying let's go to Bobby Bones level yet, or or Ryan Seacrest <laughs> level yet. Just, it's just <laughs> like, can, can we go yeah. to that next level, you know, you know, so that we can start making a little money, so that we can at least breathe a little. You know? But, again, it's one of them things that this is a sacrifice. You know, there are 5,000, 10,000, however many thousands of podcasts out there that wish they had some of the guests that we've had. So, so sometimes I have to look at it like, you know, I go through my guest list, and I'm like, Okay, we're doing better than most people this this early in. So okay, I feel a little better. So let's move on. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. been blessed yes. and with what, the guests that we've had. You are blessed. Yep, you are. And you have to just go like you said early on. You do this because you love it. And then mm-hmm. like you said mm-hmm. you're building your brand, and so you're building your brand, and you're having these wonderful guests on. And at some point, you then hope and work toward and maybe put a plan in action, you know, of branding yourself. See, you got to think like what's unique about you guys in your show. I love the family aspect. I love that you're not in Hollywood. And so what companies, you know, and what products down, down South or what, you know, might be interested in sponsoring your yeah. show. And, you know, you got to, exactly. and mm-hmm. so that's where, yeah, you just have to keep doing what you're doing and doing what you love until you don't love it anymore, you know, or until that break comes. 
Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I, I love that. That's exactly our plan. You know, <laughs> we, yeah. you know, we definitely have ideas this year where we're going to take it to the next level. You know, but there's always that thing, you know, you work so hard and you want it to work and it's your passion. You know, you know and it's funny because I never would have thought, you know, if you'd have told me 10 years ago that this would be what I would want to do, I'd have laughed and it would not happen. And, um, but I remember the very first interview we did on January 3rd, 2020. Um, and after we got off of those two interviews, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew immediately at that point. I, and it's funny because we tell the story on a lot of these podcasts about how through the 18 years of our marriage, um, we, Sandy and I would be out and about, and we'd run into straight – and I'm not talking about friends. Run into strangers, and Sandy would know if we're two or three minutes in that we would end up um, – that, and I'm talking, and we get any deep conversation at all. We're there 60 minutes, and sometimes she'd roll her eyes. She'd get a little upset with me, but we're there 60 minutes, and I've done that thousands of times in 18 years of our marriage. Now we look back and laugh because we're like, oh, my God, that was preparing us for this show. <laughs> that is so yeah. funny, Sandy. Just so you know, my husband says the same thing about me. We're out to dinner, we're at an event, and I'll sit and talk, and I'll, I want to hear everyone's problems and everyone's situation and what's going on. And he's like, okay, babe, all right, time to go. Come on, we're going to miss our dinner reservation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're the same person, so you know. <laughs> but you got the gift of gab. And so that's for all the listeners. I mean, that's really, I think, the key that, if anything, mm-hmm. all of us can share here today is like, you know, follow your passion and follow what you're mm-hmm. good at. Look, not everybody is a good speaker. Not everybody is a good writer. Not everybody mm-hmm. can be a good actor. You know, it takes a lot of work, work, work. But find the thing you are good at. If you're good at crafting wood, craft wood, man. You know, like, Find the thing that brings you joy. I always say that makes your heart sing. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see you as the actor uh, or Brad Pitt or any of the other actors out there, but they don't see the teams that make the actor. And in my honest but humble opinion, the teams don't get the love they deserve. So I always sit on our show they're going to get the love they deserve. So you want to take a couple minutes. Just tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. You know, it is so incredibly important, um, and you are correct. You know, you don't see what goes on behind the scenes, and whether that's your representative team or whether that is your production team. Like I always say, you know, writers are always so brooding because they don't get credit, you know. So for me, okay, so I think for me, just for me, I can't speak for anyone else, and I have actor friends who don't have the same philosophies as I do, but for me, Mm -hmm. I need a team and I need a grand team this is this business is you cannot again i'm going to stress like i did earlier on the business of the business i'm glad you asked this question because i think listeners don't realize especially now and i say this every i have there's a method to my madness and everything i share again everyone listen with the world the way it is technologically now and this is even pre-covid it's changed so drastically so mm-hmm. 20 years ago when I was 20 something years ago when I was starting out or 20 years ago or, or you know 18 years ago I moved to Hollywood whatever fans could not and filmmakers could not just 
DM or PM me on Facebook fan mm-hmm. page or Instagram and say, hey, can you be in my movie? Hey, can you come to this event? Hey, can you <laughs> send me an autographed picture? That is the world now. And it is overwhelming. And it is stressful even for an actor at my level. And so I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to have a team and a grand team. For me, people may not know this unless you check out IMDb Pro, you know, so shout out to cast PRs we have many times. I get, again, and I say it humbly, hit up on social media to my, because I have a production company so it's easy for people to find me i had to set up a press website brooklewis.com my old name brooklewis.com years ago you Mm -hmm. know to keep everybody in the loop and also to be able to contact me if necessary but the amount of emails that i get and requests a day i wake up to probably over a thousand emails a day so wow I need a team to help me, to help me filter, to help me, you know, yes, I'm so seasoned in this business as a veteran. I've been doing it for so long that I, and I also have great intuition, but I also, you know, I have to say proudly, I often know what is good for me and my life and career at this point. So I'm able to discern and it was about me learning discernment. However, there are so many things where I have to, like I said, go send stuff over to my publicist and go, you know, Mm -hmm. do I do this interview? Is it beneficial to my career? Career. A lot of times, you know, or even just like my managers and I, my talent managers, we joke and they go, Brooke, you know, play good cop, bad cop with us because it's the right thing to do. And so mm-hmm. there are times where I don't have a million hours in a day to read the six scripts that just got sent to my production company asking me mm-hmm. to act in it, possibly act and produce it. And so I have to send it over to my talent managers. That's their job. And let them, you know, shout out to Bohemia Group, which is my management company of 12 years now, more, 13, we're going on like 13 years, 12 years, 12 years now that it's 2021, like who have been through with me through thick and thin for all these years. And, you know, I say to Kat and Allison, like, Allison, she's like, send me the script. I'll read it. That way it'll take time off your hands. If I think, if I mm-hmm. think it's right for you, if I think it's something you might want to do, I'll send it, you know, mm-hmm. then I'll give you the thumbs up and you can read it. If I think it's something that is not taking your career in the right direction, it's a big no before I even ever get to read it. That is the way it mm-hmm. needs to go. Listen, appearances, shout out to Cool Waters Productions. I've been with my appearance agent, Derek Mackey, for, oh my gosh, I've been with him the longest out of everyone I'm with now in Hollywood. I've been with him for, uh, I'm going to say 13 years, 13 years. And when I, when I became a wow. famous Scream Queen and horror actress on Showtime and and the offers were coming in and the offers to do all of like again and it's a little bit different now but back in the day when I was really known and relevant I was being asked to come do appearances for good money at horror and sci-fi and pop culture conventions again every weekend. Oh, wow. well, there's no way I can just travel every weekend, right? Even then, even then, <laughs> even when I was young and hot and you know. So there's just no way it's not, you can't do that and still function in movies and study for your, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm a big studier of my lines and so, and my character and, you know, so 
I had to send everything over to Derek. I still do. Like, Derek, what do you think? Can you negotiate this? Up- so he's my appearance agent, my booking agent, you know, mm-hmm. and then even with him, I get so many requests for autographed, you know, pictures and autographed memorabilia and even the charity stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. and people don't think of that either. I get asked to attend prior to COVID, obviously, to attend yeah. or participate or be an ambassador for celebrity ambassador. And, I'm, and everybody knows I'm a huge philanthropist. So I try to say yes to everything. And even my publicist, you know, my all my reps have to chime in and go, you don't have time for that. There's only so many hours in a day, even yep. the charity events, guys, listeners, we cannot, I mean, I can only be, again, I'm one person. I can only be <laughs> one, maybe two. And sometimes we do it. If it's really something I'm inspired to do, you know, Casper, I'll tell you, there's been many Saturday nights where I'll, you know, go get style for a gown and run over and do the breast cancer yeah, charity event, hop, in hop in for Yes, I'm charity I love that. I'm going to use that. Chris, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to use that title. I am a built-in charity hopper, and I would run from the breast cancer charity event in Beverly Hills, and then have my husband would go grab the car and race me to, you know, the the ovarian cancer charity event at Fox Lot, you know, 10 minutes later. Like, it's crazy what I would do. And so, you know, my saying that is, your teams, your teams, and then your agents. Yeah. Your agents are the ones who are submitting you. My agents right now, I'm with Eris Talent, and I was with Larry Corsa, Corsa and Associates, for years and years. And, like, you know, your agents are the ones that are pushing to try at this point in the game to get you in mm-hmm. to be seen for the big TV series, you know, which now you're competing with A-list stars. Like, who, when in the world would I ever have had to audition opposite you know, Leo Remini and uh, Debbie Nazar and all these big TV stars for like co-star guest star roles. Well, guess what? Now you do. Big movie stars have become TV actors. And so you need your agents to get you into these shows and into these auditions. And you just, it's unbelievable what a team it takes my level. And so I don't think a lot of people process that they just think, Oh, I'll go make a YouTube video and be famous, you know? And (laughs) I know I need a team a lot more than that. Look, I wouldn't be here with you guys today. If I didn't have a publicist submitting (laughs) me. And that's the other thing that the listeners need to hear, you know, you need a publicist. You can't just, I can't just call up. I mean, maybe someone who's known or famous could, you know, email you and say, can I come on your show? But, you know, you're going to say to them, I already know because you guys are busy with some listeners. Like, I need a publicist to submit me. They have to submit me like an agent right now. <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, I would ha- rather have yeah. a PR company do that because, you know, especially with musicians, you know, because there are sometimes I get pitched by people and I listen to their stuff and I'm like, I don't know how to say no on the, on this. Yes. Yeah, and so I, whereas if they got a PR company, in most cases mm-hmm. they're decent. So, oh, yeah. so I, I actually exactly. like it better when PR companies send these people. It makes and it goes exactly. and you can tell they're trained because again I've yes. gotten people that's gotten on the show and and they're like um um, um or they answer <laughs> or they answer each question with like with one word. three words and and it's and it's like um I. I'm trying mm-hmm. to make this a conversation. Please help me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then you get people like me who are veteran old pros, and you're just like, oh, she doesn't shut up. 
But again, that's where, you know, you know, I'm a pro, you know, if I have a reputable company submitting me. And again, like I said, I don't think the listeners realize that you guys are getting bombarded with Hollywood and New York and Nashville and Atlanta, you know, PR companies that are (laughs) Mm -hmm. submitting hundreds of clients to come on your show. Like people don't realize that they don't realize my friends go, Oh, you know, like you just think it's all so easy, you know, and it's not, <laughs> it is not. Nope. I know, I know my PR company mm-hmm. has to fight for me to get on certain celebrity red carpets, but you know what? When they get me they on, do it. they're damn good ones. Yep. <laughs> I love that. You know, you yeah. know, speaking of teams, we've got a third co-host ourselves, our little eight year old that come on and ask one question <gasps> to each guest. So Sandy's going to get him on real quick. And we've got a 22-month-old little daughter that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too. <laughs> oh, I love it. The family show, I love it. The family hour. We're, we're, we need more of this. We really do. The world needs more of this now, positivity. And we're trying to make that our difference out there anyway. Yeah, we're trying to. I've got Christopher here. He's ready to say hi, and he's got a question. Hi, Christopher. Hi, hi, Brooke. What's your favorite food? Oh, I love that question, Christopher, because guess <laughs> what? I have gotten so chubby eating during the pandemic. It's like the one thing that we can still do. So, <laughs> Christopher, I have to tell you, I, I can't just answer one. So, the Italian in me, I love Italian food. I could eat pizza every day. <laughs> I could eat pizza every day of my life and be happy. I also have to say, since moving out to Hollywood from the East Coast, I love Mexican food. Like, I can't even tell you guys, on the East Coast, I never knew before I moved here, I never had, like, real Mexican food. Like, you get Mexican oh, wow. food in Hollywood and guacamole, and it's just out of this world, like, fresh, delicious. But I have to say, I'm also a bit of a snob, and if I had to pick anything, I'd probably have champagne and caviar any day. <laughs> That's the Hollywood snob in me, champagne and caviar. <laughs> so what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza, what kind? What's your favorite pizza, Chris? Mm, pepperoni and sausage. Ooh, yum. Can you guys get good pizza down there? Well, we normally get Little Caesars, so we get the franchise, but we do got a couple good places here, too. We do. Yeah, we do like have good a ones. You do. That's good because there's none in LA. <laughs> you know, I'm so spoiled. I'm a Philly, Jersey, New York girl. I mean, you go to Philly, Jersey, New York, you can go on a corner and get the best pizza in the world. So, Chris Jr. there, one day you'll travel with your family and you'll go get pizza in New York. <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, he's been in most. He's been in most things, and it's really cool to when people like Ali Brooke or Cassie Pope or Lee Bryce is talking to him, and I'm sitting there like, "Oh, this is really cool." <laughs> that is so cool. Well, now you could tell him that he had a chat with Ms. Vampy. Yep, there you go. We will love that. <laughs> so, I've got a couple more questions, and then we'll let you get out of here. Yeah, you got um, it. So, so this pa- last February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guests that same question because the answer Kelsey gave us five years ago, which almost six next month will be six years actually, is almost to the wow. T of what she's living 
right now. I mean, this girl <gasps> knew where she was going, and nobody was going to stop her. And so, so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? I want to be happy, healthy. I want to be living in our house in Hollywood, but having a second apartment in New York City so I can go watch Broadway shows. I want to be on several TV series. They don't have to be A-list. They can be streaming. They can be, (laughs) uh, you know, cable. I just want to be TV actress again like Mm -hmm. I have in the past. Love that. And live happy, healthily with my husband, my family, and friends, and just have peace, health, and joy in the world. And I mean it. I love that. Now, let's say that you look 15 years down the road and you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like for you, you are there. And so, if, if the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? I would remind her, and I know it is so cliche, you know, but it's trust the process. And I'm going to quote, I just did it in a big magazine interview. I'm going to quote my Philadelphia 76ers because they say it, the coach says it all the time, trust the process. And I would say, Brooke, you worked your butt off and maybe sometimes too hard. You sacrificed everything and maybe sometimes too much. So Mm -hmm. do me a favor, Brooke, and this is talking to the me, Brooke, today from the future 15-year TV star, and I would have to have her tell me right now, just like I'm telling myself, trust the process, enjoy every day like it's your last, because we all know right now a lot of people that we've lost, and it's been their last, and they didn't know it, and I would just want to trust the journey and the process, have as much fun as I can spend time with the people I love and kill myself anymore for this profession, but love it and embrace it every day equally and just believe in myself more, have confidence and know that if it's meant to be, it will be. Love that. Now, as we come to a close here, what's next? So, like I shared, this is a great, great circling back. Um, Quickly, like I shared, again, I'm so grateful that I got to act in so many projects prior to the pandemic. It was just a timing thing, and for once, time was on my side. So I am working diligently. When we get off our interview, I'm going to be back to post-production. We are working diligently on our streaming series, Red Rooms, that we filmed during the pandemic, Joshua Butler and I. And we have just wrapped post-production on another little indie gem that I'm super proud of. Shout out to my Psychotherapy, which is a short film thriller that you guys can check out. It's on Amazon Prime right now for free. And check out Psychotherapy. My director, Stacey Lane Wilson, who's one of my besties as well. I noticed I become best friends with all my my people. And she just (laughs) wrote and directed a film titled The Second Age of Aquarius that we shot before the pandemic. And we're now in post-production, and it is absolutely the sweetest gem of a piece that she did with Darren Gordon-Smith and Nancy Long, our other producer. So everybody check that out. It is the sweetest 
It's got a twinge of sci-fi. It's a comedy and a lot of music. And we have just finished our locked cut, and we are actually still in post-production, obviously. But look out next year for Second Age. The Second Age of Aquarius is the title of that one. Look out for Red Room streaming. Big, big shout-out to a TV pilot and series series that I got to star in and shout out to, well, shout out first to writer-director Mark Klebanoff. The title is Stripped that he wrote with the late Christoph St. John. And we filmed that just before the pandemic. We went to live in Reno, Nevada. And I got to play the female lead actually opposite Casper Van Dien from Starship Troopers and Sleepy Hollow and the list goes on and on. We have the most amazing cast. Uh, Shout out to Louis Mandalore and to Jessica Morris and to Frank Kruger and Jenny Wenger. And I could go on. Susan near Bramlett and Larry (laughs) Hankin from everything and just amazing. So, and I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but shout out to Stripped, which I just want to share proudly that we just finished the Nova, which is down uh, down Mm -hmm. on the East Coast and down South, the Nova film and TV market. And they honored me with best supporting actress in a TV series for my role of Jules oh, and wow. Strip. So I'm really proud to announce yeah. that that's brand new. Uh, I was the female lead, but I'm supporting the cast for Van Dien. So that has just been such a gift during this pandemic. I'm so excited to share. And hmm. uh, also, okay, so I've got Stripped, the second age of Aquarius Red Room that will be coming out probably by 2022. And then a big shout out real quickly to a one of the cult classic horror films that made me a horror star years ago, Slime yeah. the Massacre from the incredibly talented Greg Lambert. And I know the title is great, right? And yeah. that's that with Debbie or Sean. And I know it's so funny. And Lloyd Kaufman. But it's a really smart, with a lot of subtext, uh, cult film that I won the B-Movie Award for Scream Queen Horror Actress of the Year 2010. We just had in 2020 our 10-year anniversary, and so it's doing a big re-release that comes out next month. Finally, I know they shout out on Amazon Prime and a lot of other streaming networks that will have Slime City Massacre for our 10-year anniversary. And also... I won't keep going, but I could. Uh, I'm also grateful to announce that The Morning, which my director, Mark Klebanoff from Stripped, also wrote and directed The Morning, also stars Louis Mandalore from A Big Fat Greek Wedding, Dominique Swain from Lolita, great, great Mm. cast of characters, Michael Renee Walton. We shot that a couple years ago in Holland, Michigan, and that just released on Tubi TV and is also getting released on Amazon Prime next month as well. So a lot of good stuff. Everybody can check it out and follow me on social media. I always keep everybody abreast of what's going on in my career. Uh, at Brooke Lewis LA on Instagram, at Brooke Lewis LA on Twitter, at Brooke Lewis LA on the Facebook fan page. You are good. <laughs> yeah, these, these little shout outs, you can tell you're a pro here. You can. Thank absolutely. you. I know, right? Maybe I should be a, maybe I should be a DJ in my next life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're, you know what? We we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we definitely look did. forward to having you back down the road. I would be honored, and I am so proud of you guys. Congratulations on your anniversary again, Chris and Sandy, and just keep doing what you do because I could tell. I'm very remember. I'm also I'm I'm very intuitive, and I could tell <laughs> you love it, and that inspires me. So thank you, and thank you for having me on. It's our pleasure. Oh, thank you and so we'll, much. And we'll talk to you real soon. And thank you. Yes. You got it. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Stay healthy. Same Stay to healthy. you. Thank, Thank you. you.